0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, April 6th. My name is Javier Reyes, of course, as always, and you're, I'm the host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you could check out my personal account, which is at Peno. Always tweeting good things there, sometimes bad, but we don't talk about the bad, of course. And if you would like to, if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on any of those two accounts. Either of those two accounts, I should say. And just let me know what you want to know. Let me know any any comments you have. This is the worst I, I think I've ever done it, doing this intro, but it's fine. It's okay. We're going to keep it going. The train is derailing, but I'm keeping it on, on course. We're okay. We're good. This is not like that part in Super 8. We're good. And also the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com, you could send me maybe your more uh, thought out, I shouldn't say thought out, more detailed questions, I should say, and what have you. And yeah, I'll do my best to answer them here on the show. In today's show, we are actually going to be re-airing my conversation that I had with Ben Kaspik on his podcast, Locked On Giants, from last week, and I want to put this on the feed here because I actually thought it was a really fun conversation I thought it was I thought it was good I thought it was a good talk and Ben just asked me a bunch of questions and I answered them there may or may not have been a moment when I had a little bit of a breakdown when being reminded of Eric Hosmer's uh, contract details but it's okay we made it through the podcast and whatnot and then I believe tomorrow we're going to air part two either tomorrow or Thursday depending on how I'm how I'm feeling depending depending on how I want to tease you guys along and what have you but uh we'll see how that pans out probably gonna air tomorrow because I got some stuff that I have to do today and tomorrow so I want to make it a little bit easier for myself so yeah without further ado guys here is my talk with Ben of Lockdown Giants I hope you guys enjoy
1: what were your expectations for the Padres coming into 2020 and then how does the fact that the season might be shortened or canceled kind of influence those expectations
0: Well, Ben, that's a fantastic question, really, and it's just, I think one of the things about the Padres, and I've been kind of being the drum on this for a while, they had a bottom eight record last year, getting just 70 wins, I don't think that that was really representative of the roster as a whole, and what it was capable of, and when you take that into account, plus you look at the additions that were made, the fact that they got Tommy Pham on the team, and they traded for Emilio Pagan to really bolster their bullpen, and Their bullpen is one of the best in the game on paper right now. It's just, it's one of those teams that I think is like a post-hype type of sleeper, you know, and I think that everything, if it just comes together the right way, they could be a potential wildcard team, and even though I don't think they'll challenge the Dodgers, I still think that the Padres, there's optimism. This isn't like a Marlins team. This isn't a, no offense, like a, a Giants team that's really far off and is really rebuilding for the future, while that's it was it was still disappointing last year it was the funny part is because with the whole Machado thing and he didn't really live up to the lofty contract just yet but there's just there's too many positive notes you know what I mean you got Tatis you have the the new change in direction for the team I think in a lot of areas and even if everything doesn't go right they still have that farm system which is still one of the best in baseball so there's still it's almost I don't want to say it's a, a win-win scenario for the Padres no matter what happens but it's It doesn't feel like there's a crazy amount of stakes on this team, which is rare, I think, given that I don't know many teams that have guys signed to huge contracts that it's not at the end of the world if they don't compete like right right now.
1: Yeah. And even though and I think that's a great point about the farm system being really good, because even if the season gets canceled, worst case scenario, um, you still have a bunch of young talent coming and those guys would not gain that year of service time, of course, But I'm wondering, like, what would your reaction be to the guys who would lose a year of service time? Like, to lose a year of Tatis and Paddock, for example, without ever getting games from them. And then also, you mentioned Tommy Pham, like, he's only under team control for two years. So, if you only get one year of Tommy Pham, like, how would that change your opinion of that trade? And then, what would be your reaction to losing those years from Tatis and Paddock?
0: Right. That's a good point. And basically, everything I said before was. Kind of my thoughts on pre-epidemic, right? And that's how what the mindset was going into season. But you raise a good point where it's like, okay, yeah, great farm system. There are probably other teams who are more screwed than this. I mean, you just look at um, – I'm tapped into basketball and people are saying, like, the Clippers, this could be a disaster for them right now, right? So it's this thing where – Tommy Pham, only two years, and Manny Machado, it's like, okay, you don't get another year out of him, and you start to worry about that stuff, you start to worry, okay, so first year was underwhelming, and second year, we basically didn't get to use him, and we're paying him like $30 million a year, so it's, those things start to add up, but in general, it's not like, it's worrying, it's troublesome, but it's... This isn't something that has to do with a decision they made. You know, this isn't anything they could have prepared for. There's dozens of teams across the league that maybe I'm not tapped to, into as much, but they're probably suffering too. There's all sorts of people that are like, oh my gosh, like this is absolutely killing our chances. This is making teams have to consider different strategies. And I guess from that perspective, it's really bad. But I do think that if there is any benefit, if there is any silver lining to a potential shortened season, it's that. Less games, maybe there's different things that can happen. Maybe it doesn't mean that the... What if the Dodgers start off really slow, right? And then the Padres start off really hot. Maybe there's less time for either the Padres to fall off a cliff, which they've certainly done before, (laughs) or the Dodgers to kind of bounce back, which they've certainly done before. And maybe that can mean, hey, that propels the Padres to be even more um, close in that conversation or even more close to a potential run at the title, which I, I think is an extreme long shot. But it's still... I guess that's the only positive, and it's definitely the Padres aren't a team that are exclusive to kind of feeling the, just in terms of baseball, the effects of the kind of epidemic that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the expectations for the Padres and how they have a lot of upside and definitely could be considered like a, a team that could surprise, they were considered a team that could surprise in 2020, and they still will be if we get games in. But I kind of felt that way about them last year, and I'm just wondering if you can touch upon like what went wrong, because like you mentioned, they did finish with a very bad record, including a worse record than the Giants, which I didn't see coming. I'm sure you didn't see coming. Like What happened last season? So
0: it's just it's weird. So first of all, a lot of people just didn't play up to snuff, right? Paddock didn't... I mean, Paddock was good, but he didn't play... Kind of for the whole season, he wasn't a full season guy. He was kind of on an innings limit, so that's one thing. The next thing I would point to is the Manny Machado kind of not stellar defensively. He was good. He wasn't like that one last year in Baltimore when it feels like he just didn't try on defense. The numbers for him at, him at shortstop weren't very good, but he he played some decent third base last year, and the offense was kind of lacking. And some people might say, oh well, well Hunter Renfro, that guy hit like. Like 30-ish home runs, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I'm forgetting that number right now. <clears throat> Sounds about right but, for him. Yeah, but those were kind of like empty stats. And I did enjoy, there was they showed at the um, the MLB opening day at home thing, they showed the great um, Diamondbacks, or I'm sorry, the great Padres' comeback against the Rockies where Renfro just crushed like three home runs in that game. And if you only watched that game, you'd be like, oh my God, this is the best player in the league. But Renfro's numbers surprisingly had a good glove actually, but his offensive numbers were really empty. And the 33 homers is something that might've been enticing for like fantasy players last year because you you need home runs. But if you're going to be batting 230, grounding into so many double plays, it's not really all that worth it. He felt like a Mark Trumbo. He felt like a, what was that one guy in the ashes? a Chris Carter. You know what I mean? These guys that it doesn't matter how many home runs they hit. They're just, they're giving it back in other departments. Although, like I had said, um, A decent glove out there in the outfield for sure last year, which was surprising. And then there were other things like Ian Kinsler was on this team, which I think nobody knew aside from Padres fans. I'm still convinced most people think Ian Kinsler is on either Texas right now. I think Texas was where he was on before. And I don't really know why he was there. I felt like they could have given it to some other players. They could have called up some minor league players. They could have let other guys just take that time off because it's not like you – The team was going to be competing all that much based on how things were going. So why are you putting this guy who's batting 217 is getting on base at a a 280 clip? You know, you might as well put in somebody else who, even if they aren't good, at least let them get that experience. We already, Ian Kinsler's a great player, but not anymore. He's, I don't mean to use this term like so loosely, but he was washed. Like he wasn't doing anything anymore. And I just, I don't like when teams do that because it feels like you're giving into name brand more than just the potential of what could be. And in general, Danelson Lament was hurt last year. That's a big deal. And I think that he's one of those bounce back kind of post injury guys that is really gonna surprise a lot of people this year. And Will Myers was still not great. And Eric Hosmer is <laughs> how, do I, how do I put it about Eric Hosmer? See, Will Myers is kind of the one I feel like that gets a lot of flack from the from us us Padre people. I can't speak on all behalf of all Padres fans, I'm not as tapped in. But for me, the Myers thing is like It's understandable a little bit. You know, like, oh, he was doing good. He had like a a 250-ish season, right? And he he hit like 28 homers, 28 steals, which are kind of fancy numbers. But still, it's like, okay, he's like 27 when he does that. All right, cool. Maybe he's finally going to capitalize on that rookie of the year status he had back in Tampa, right? And he hasn't been able to do that, and he's been pretty atrocious defensively. Now, guys, I hate to say it, but we got to take a little bit of a break here. But you know what I don't hate? Postmates. That's right, how you like that transition. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. It's a great app. Let me tell you guys, I ordered a, a, just some things I needed the other day. Just ordered some 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 chips, perhaps. And you, may, you might be thinking, oh, well, you don't need chips. Well, you know what? Sometimes you do, folks. Let me tell you. And let me also tell you, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what you want to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs, I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you first download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. The Eric Hosmer thing to me is this clear. It's the epitome of a guy who just played completely over his head for for that contract, right? And I'm not saying he's not trying, but he's not good defensively. And great, he plays a lot. Awesome, I like that he's durable. Guess what? He doesn't do anything. This is a guy who might be useful in fantasy, and I've been citing a lot of fantasy for some reason so far. But <laughs> he's maybe useful in fantasy. But even that, <laughs> when we do the the fantasy minute, like kind of add a uh, thing that we had like a few like a month ago it feels at this point I mentioned like all right yeah he plays like every game but still only hits 20 homers like that's crazy given the influx of power that's happening in the league right now and the fact that he doesn't walk a lot he's atrocious defensively and he's just I like the dude he's cool but I just wish that he could deliver what he did with Kansas City and he hasn't even from day one done that and I don't think many people thought that he was going to from day one
1: Yeah, it was an eight year, $144 million contract for those who don't know. And it's in, I think there's six years remaining on that deal. So, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the big long term Machado deal. But I do expect I expect the Machado deal is going to turn out well. Um, But the Hosmer one kind of was a head scratcher from the beginning.
0: It was just odd, and especially for a team that was kind of still rebuilding. Yeah, It was weird because I I talk about this a lot, but AJ probably was weird, man. Like, as a GM, I like him. He's kind of a gunslinger, and then he's rebuilding. And all of a sudden, he's signing Eric Hosmer to the team. Maybe he's thought that, all right, this is one building block. Then I'm going to go out and get Harper or Machado next year, right? Which is what I assume every GM was thinking when that offseason hit. And then he had those years where they had Justin Upton and Craig Kimbrell and Matt Kemp for some reason. They were all fine, but it's weird. And then what's even weirder to think about is he still has a farm system. That's what's so crazy about the Padres, despite some of the mistakes and you could say ill-advised signings they've had, they're not in this like toxic situation where they need to just dump contracts. You know what I mean? That's they true. can still kind of hope for it, and they can still be like, well, we've got Mackenzie Gore probably coming up this year, so don't worry about the potential fallout of these guys and – Luis Campuzano and and others that can really help the team a bunch in the future if things don't turn out well. And then you have Fernando Tatis, who's just a, a delight in basically every sense of the word. And, guys, going to cut it off there. That is the end of part one of my conversation with Ben. Really hope you enjoyed it, because I know I have really enjoyed recording it. It was our second time actually talking to each other, and I actually thought it was really cool, and I think that he asked me a lot of good questions, and I hopefully answered them in a way that was either entertaining or informative or both. Who knows? So... Also, guys, for the rest of the week, for plans tomorrow, I'm gonna do the. I just decided in the middle of recording this, I'm gonna send out the part two of my podcast with Ben, and then on Wednesday, on Wednesday, we're actually talking with Jenna Garcia of Locked On Rockies for the first time. Yes, I know I've been I've been talking about it so much, and that it hasn't been. We've been trying to set it up. Well, it happens, ladies and gentlemen. It happens, and you're gonna get part one of that on Wednesday. Had a blast talking to her, I must say, and I think you guys are gonna tell based on our energy and just it was just a super fun pod, both both in funny ways and entertaining ways and also informative ways and really just talking some Rocky stuff and Nolan Arenado and the trade stuff and where the Rockies projected and just everything. It was a really fun, free flowing conversation. So I hope you guys look forward to that. But that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.